Welcome, listener, to the Strength for Life podcast. The Bible is sufficient for all things that pertain to life and godliness, 2 Peter 1 says. Not only that, but God has placed His people in a variety of occupations and circumstances and given them unique practical wisdom in those specific areas. This podcast intends to bring together those two things, the Bible sufficiency and Christian wisdom, through long-form discussions hosted by Pastor James C. Johnson about matters relevant to Christian life and culture. May the following conversation provide strength for your life. Welcome to the Strength for Life podcast. On today's podcast, I want to deal with the topic of respect and give some Bible answers, some biblical principles, uh, really in three main areas. Uh, Biblical principles in relationship to how to earn respect, Then secondly, we'll consider how to maintain respect. And then thirdly, how to not be ruined by respect. And just by way of introduction, uh, maybe you remember the old school comedian Rodney Dangerfield, who famously said, I can't get no respect. A lot of his shtick, a lot of his jokes had to do with the topic of respect. Unfortunately, there is a growing mentality in relationship to the absence of baseline respect. I mean, we ought to have a baseline respect for other image bearers. Uh, Human beings are created in the image of God. We bear the stamp known as the Imago Dei. I'm saying we ought to respect people just because they're people. Uh, But at the same time, so that's baseline respect. But at the same time, in relationships, uh, we can do things that cause other people to lose significant respect for us. I mean, hopefully they still respect us as a human, but they don't hold us in a high regard or high esteem because of maybe the ways we've conducted ourselves. So again, I want to deal with how you can earn respect and how you can maintain it and then how you can make sure you're not ruined by it. Um, If you're going to have a healthy marriage, you need to have respect for your spouse and a healthy relationship with your kids. You want your kids to respect you and a healthy relationship in the work environment. uh, You need to know how to earn respect, maintain respect, not be ruined by respect uh, in relationship to your coworkers. Um, and, and so this idea of baseline respect, it's kind of uh, hinted at or modeled for us a little bit in Hebrews 12. If you know that chapter, you know it has to do with uh, our Father, Heavenly Father, chastising us. And um, if He doesn't chastise you, then you're not one of His sons. You're bastards and not sons, Hebrews 12 says. Um, and so there is a mention of reverence there. Uh, our, our earthly fathers, the writer to the Hebrews says, our earthly fathers corrected us and we reverenced them. And so much the more our heavenly father uh, can chastise us and we should have a sense of fear uh, or respect for him. That's the idea in that text. Not only that, but in the context of marriage, the Bible mentions respect. Um, it's in Ephesians 5, uh, where we are given an interesting principle among many principles there in that text. But the instruction for husbands is that they would love their wives. And an instruction for the wife, verse number 33 of Ephesians 5 says, see that she reverence or respect her husband. Um, And it's interesting, there have been polls done, surveys done, where uh, people maybe in a large audience were asked to bow their heads and close their eyes and then to vote. And uh, men and women in the audience and raise your hand if if you could only have one of these two things, if you could either have love or you could have respect, um, no one looking around and you say, if, if I can only have one of one or the other, 
I want love, raise your hand. And the surveys indicate the percentages are overwhelming that when the question is asked, if I can only have love, women are the ones that raise their hand. Um, if you can only have respect, you can only have one or the other, you want respect, raise your hand. And the surveys indicate men are in large percentages saying we want respect over love. Now, obviously everybody wants both love and respect, but, but the reason that, that the percentages are so high in those ways is because God made us that way. Ephesians 5 says, husbands love your wives. Why? Because they are created to need love as, as, as a primary necessity. And wives, see that you reverence your husbands. Why? Because he needs respect even more than he needs love. Um, that's what the Bible is indicating. Um, so there needs to be a baseline uh, kind of respect for people for sure. Uh, but then how do we earn respect from people? How do we, once we've earned it, maintain it and it not just be this fleeting kind of a thing? Um, and, and how can we make sure we're not ruined by it? Okay, so this first of three ideas, the first one, how can we earn it? Uh, some of these things are somewhat obvious, but I hope you'll stay with me through this entire podcast uh, because I really think this will be helpful for you. Um, and, and I've had people asking me just recently uh, within the last month or two about this topic. That's what's predicated this topic for the podcast. Um, people have, have said, pastor, there's a lack of respect in my home. Maybe the children don't respect the father or the wife isn't showing him respect. Um, and, and as a result, by the way, if your wife is not, doesn't have respect for you, you're probably in a loveless marriage. Um, women are not typically intimate with a man that they don't respect. And, uh, and so, so, uh, and then another individual is talking to me, uh, he leads young men. And he was interested in uh, ways that he can earn their respect or that he can cultivate additional respect from these young men so that he can lead them. Uh, he is leading them in the area of ath athletics. And how can he get them athletically to where they need to be? Well, he's got to earn their respect. So I want to give some answers uh, in relationship to that. So again, the first idea how to earn respect. Uh, people respect exceptional people. So bottom line is try to be an exceptional person. Uh, there are many men and women in our church that I respect very deeply and very sincerely. Uh, one of those men, though, uh, is an individual who has been involved in missions work for over 50 years and has been a church planner in Puerto Rico and has had worn several hats, several titles in his uh, mission endeavors. Um, but the individual is bilingual. I respect people that, that have the mind, they're erudite enough individuals to speak more than one language. Um, but, but not only his mind, uh, also he's a mechanic, uh, can fix automobiles, worked on transmissions, um, not just been a church planter and in a human sense, a church builder, but physically constructed buildings uh, that churches gather in today in different parts of the Caribbean. There are buildings constructed because of this man and his wife. Um, that are now that people are now gathering in and um, and are being taught the word of God in those buildings. Churches churches are gathering there in those buildings. It's a wonderful thing. I respect that individual very much. Been a pilot uh, in his in his life. Uh, had a private pilot's license. Um, so just on a lot of levels, I respect him. Why? Because he's an exceptional person. So people respect exceptional people. So endeavor to do the difficult things that make you an exceptional person. 
and you'll have earned some respect. Not only that, but people respect strong work ethic. Um, you might not have that intellect to uh, be bilingual. I don't. Um, but you could just be faithful and work hard. Um, and, and people that have any kind of sense of how hard it is to work hard, they see you working hard and you're earning their respect. Um, people respect those that have unique experiences. Uh, you've been to interesting places. Um, you've experienced some things. Uh, you have unique qualifications. Um, you want to earn some respect? Do some of those kinds of things. Uh, people respect people with extensive knowledge on a topic. Um, yeah, you can get around people that that really have expertise. And if you have an interest in that in learning that topic, you can just kind of sit at their feet and they they might not be a polymath. They might not have uh, vast amounts of knowledge in a variety of topics, but they have a ton of knowledge in one topic. And so you sit at their feet and you're interested in that topic and you learn tons of stuff from them about that topic. You respect them. I'm saying if you can master a topic, there's going to be people interested in that topic and you're going to earn their respect. Um, so yeah, do difficult things. Um, enjoy unique experiences. Have a strong work ethic. These are things that will help you cultivate uh, respect or earn respect from other people. Um, the second idea, how can you maintain respect? So, so once you've got a measure of respect, maybe in your home, measure of respect from your spouse, a measure of respect in your work environment or in your local church, how do you maintain it? Well, one thing you can do that will certainly undermine it is if you proclaim it. Uh, so if you want to maintain it, don't go around proclaiming to people, hey, hey, you need to respect me. Um, those kind of proclamations are typically the proclamation of a fool, um, maybe in really rare instances. Uh, but proclaiming it uh, is often exactly how you lose it. It's the opposite of maintaining it. And, and then another idea in relationship to maintaining it is make sure that respect is not necessarily your goal. Like I just said, in order to earn it, be exceptional and, and have work ethic and do things that are hard and people will respect you. But don't go and try to be exceptional and do the hard thing just for the respect. Uh, I, I'm saying don't let respect be your goal. I'm saying the hard thing in front of you, you know, there's a goal involved in that. Okay. So uh, if you're a runner or you lift weights, I mean, just lift the weight. The goal is to lift the weight. Okay. Uh, learn the language, do the academic assignment. Uh, the, the respect is a residual effect. Uh, the respect is wonderful that comes later, but the goal is the task in front of you. So if you want to, if you want to earn it, be an exceptional person, but if you want to maintain it, don't go around proclaiming it. And, and don't let it be your goal um, uh, because you can't control whether or not other people respect you necessarily. All you can control is if you're a respectable person. So let your goal be the task in front of you, which then allows you to be a respectable person. Um, and, and people with any sense are going to rally around you and, and respect you. 
Um, another idea in relationship to maintaining it, and I'm kind of giving you the negatives here before I give you the positives. I'm saying don't proclaim it in, in the negative sense here and, and don't let respect be your goal. Uh, this third idea in the negative is don't clamor for respect. And, and when I say don't, I said don't proclaim it, I'm talking about verbally, right? And, and then when I say don't let respect be your goal, I'm talking kind of like mentally in the midst of doing something difficult, what are you thinking about? Uh, just think about lifting that weight and le or learning that language, okay? But when I get to don't clamor for it, I'm dealing with your heart. Um, if you want to maintain respect, you got to make sure that you're not you're not clamoring for it in some kind of of unhealthy way. All right, so those are those are kind of the negative aspects of it. What can I do on a positive sense in order to maintain respect? Well, give you several ideas here. And, and one of those ideas is that you would just do right. Uh, it's impossible to do right in your own strength, but with the help of the Holy Spirit of God, you can live a righteous life and you can have victory over sin. You can abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. And when we do that, people respect us. And do right for right's sake, not for respect's sake. I'm just saying it comes as a byproduct. Uh, do right because you love the Lord. Do right because he says, be holy for I am holy. Uh, do right because you want one day for him uh, to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So so how can I maintain respect? Well, just do right. Um, another idea in relationship to how you can maintain respect is, is to say less. Uh, you'll avoid proclaiming it if you're saying less. Uh, you'll avoid proclaiming it, by the way, if you make sure you're not clamoring for it, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Um, so, so say less. The Bible tells us in the book of James to be swift to hear and slow to speak. It's been said that's why we have two ears and one mouth. Uh, we need to be listeners. Say less. And don't be the type of person that interrupts others. Um, I am privileged to work with a terrific church staff and um, I've noticed individuals on our staff are very good at listening. They're, they're, they don't interrupt. Uh, they will listen to me speak, then they speak, and I listen to them speak. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you work with somebody for a, a significant duration, and maybe you have a measure of uh, comfortability around them, and, and maybe you feel a liberty to just uh, interrupt them. Uh, but but I, I've noticed uh, individuals that I get to work with, how they haven't given in to that. They, they say less. They're good at listening, even though certainly they uh, have things to say and things to add, but they wait for the appropriate time. Um, tempered speech is something that people respect. So say less. Uh, learn how to be bold when it's necessary with your speech. The Lord Jesus certainly was bold when it was appropriate to be bold in his communication. Um, but, but respected men are good listeners. They let other people talk and then they themselves can learn. You can learn uh, from other people. You can learn uh, from people that are lesser in the sociological hierarchy than you. Just be quiet and listen. You can learn from them what to do and you can learn from them what not to do. Uh, we don't just learn uh, from 
uh, the people higher up than us on the sociological hierarchy. No, you learn from everybody and anybody all around you if you just listen and you're swift to hear and you're slow to speak. Um, so, so do right and, and say less. Uh, but another way you can maintain it is, is to teach others what is respectable. Um, I have tried to teach those that have been entrusted to my care what is respectable. Uh, I have been entrusted with uh, a wonderful wife and three sons. And what I've tried to, and the, the, one of the best ways to teach what is respectable is by showcasing it. Okay. Any knucklehead can be critical. Uh, so what I have tried to do is with my, again, the people the Lord's entrusted to my care is I have tried to point out things in the lives of others that I respect. This individual I told you here at, towards the beginning of this podcast that I respect, who's been 50 years involved in missions work and who has uh, been a pilot and a mechanic and is bilingual and, a, and is a, a building builder as well as, uh, humanly speaking, a church builder. Like, I've told my children about this individual's qualifications. So in those moments where my teenage sons are with that man, they already go into that situation with a measure of respect for him. Not just a baseline respect because he's an image bearer because he's older than them but but an enhanced sense of respect uh because i have taught them that 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 man is worthy of respect now listen i said a minute ago that any kind of knucklehead can criticize people um be careful about criticizing people to those that are entrusted to your care, because essentially what you're doing is you're disrespecting those people. Um, and then when your family is around those people, they lack respect for those, those individuals. Uh, for example, the Christian school my children go to, uh, I, I don't, I think, uh, they've been at that school now seven years. And, uh, my two oldest sons have graduated from that high school and my youngest son's a senior this year. And uh, I told them from the beginning of their uh, experience at their Christian school that I think that school is one of the best Christian schools on the planet, one of the best schools, period, uh, on, uh, in the world. I have huge respect for that school. People come from all over the globe to learn how to do school the way this school is doing it. Now, I know it's a subjective thing. It's just an opinion that I think this school is a great school. Now, don't get me wrong. There are things that that school does that I wouldn't do. Um, I was a Christian school principal for six years of a small Christian school. So I have some uh, limited knowledge about it. And I kind of assess things and I say, oh, yeah, I probably wouldn't have that rule. Probably wouldn't conduct things quite in that way or that manner. But, but I've never told my kids what any of those things are. And honestly, when those observations enter my mind, I pretty much quickly dismiss them. Uh, because I want to reinforce the potential for respect that my kids can have uh, in their teachers and in, with their principal. Um, and so, uh, so, so in order for you to maintain it, you've got to teach them how to see it in others. Uh, there are several teachers at the school my children attend that I know my boys respect. And I know that because they come home from school and I say, how did things go at school today? And they give me generalizations and I say, give me some specifics. 
and they will uh, specifically mention this teacher or that coach or uh, their Sunday school teacher. Just about every Sunday on our way home from church, I say, hey, tell me what you learned in Sunday school. And my boys love uh, their Sunday school teachers and um, have loved them for years. And just about every Sunday, same thing with my wife. She absolutely loves her Sunday school teacher. Now, listen, my kids are PKs, pastor's kids. They've been raised in church. They could, a lot of pastor's kids end up cynical because in the vehicle on the way home from church, the pastor's curmudgeon and he's critical and he's burnt out sometimes and, and uh, he's disenchanted with ministry. And so, so the opposite effect then takes place. He is expressing measures of disrespect and the children pick up on that and they lack respect. You know, PKs know a lot about the Bible because they've been around it. And so sometimes they have this impress me if you can kind of spirit. And if the pastor has a know-it-all curmudgeonly spirit, the kids and the wife will. Uh, I'm just saying one of the best ways you can maintain respect is to teach others by modeling it yourself. You know, you have respect for others. So you teach the people entrusted to your care um, uh, how to have respect. And so when they they see these good teachers in their in their church environment or in their school environment or their coworkers have good work ethic, you know, and, and you're not critiquing it and pointing out the small percentage of things that you would do differently, uh, but instead you're 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 showing that respect to them, they're gonna see some of those same things in your life and they're gonna have respect for you. So so earn it by being exceptional and maintain it uh, by by making sure you don't proclaim it, uh, making sure it's not your primary goal, making sure you don't clamor for it. You, you maintain it by just doing right, by saying less. The more you say, the more likely it is that you're going to say something that's not worthy of respect. And then you maintain it by teaching others uh, the importance of, of respecting others. All right, so those are the first two topics, how to earn it and how to maintain it. The third idea, is how to not be ruined by it. Because the fact is, if you've earned it and you're maintaining it and you know you're respected by people, it can ruin you. The respect of others, the adulation or adoration of others, um, it can foster pride within you. It can stroke your ego. Uh, all that is dangerous and the end of it is destruction. It's interesting in 2 Corinthians 12, a pretty well-known passage of scripture, maybe known for the thorn in the flesh and the apostle Paul thrice prayed that God would remove the thorn in the flesh. And essentially one of the greatest Christians in human history got a no to his prayer request, um, but he got a yes to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. I suggest that that passage is not primarily about the thorn in the flesh, but instead it's primarily about the potential for a spiritual thorn in the heart of the Apostle Paul, which is pride. Because leading up to that famous, you know, praying thrice that the thorn in the flesh would be removed, Paul gives kind of a resume of reasons why people would respect him. I mean, after all, he was caught up into the third heaven and, you know, he had this abundance of revelations and he has been mightily used of God. And, and as a result, you know, lest he should be exalted above measure in order to humble him, there was given him a thorn in the flesh. And he was also given grace to deal with that thorn in the flesh, but, but he didn't want to be puffed up in pride. 
And I'm saying more than the physical infirmity, whatever it was that Paul dealt with, he was far more concerned with, with, with the potential uh, for being ruined by the adulation of others. He didn't want to be exalted above measure or, or glory in the vanity of being used uh, in spiritual venues. So what I'm trying to say is once you have earned it and you've learned how to maintain it, make sure you don't ruin it. Um, make sure you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and let him lift you up. Um, and what is your plan to humble yourself? People think, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to humble me. Well, it says humble yourself. And yes, if we don't humble ourselves, sometimes there will be Hebrews 12 moments because we are uh, God's sons, that he will chastise us. He will spiritually spank us. Uh, but hopefully we, before we get to the spiritual chastisement, have a sense of, yeah, I do have a propensity towards pride and towards evil ego. And, and then I have a responsibility to humble myself. So yeah, above, above even a baseline respect, we can earn respect. Uh, we need to then maintain that respect. And then we need to make sure that we're not ruined by respect. Hopefully these biblical thoughts about respect have strengthened you. That is the point of the Strength for Life podcast is to strengthen people in their relationship with God and in their relationships with others. And so, yeah, hopefully we've accomplished that uh, through this talk. And um, and I would love to hear some feedback from you. You can certainly email Strength for Life. Our email address is strengthforlife461 at gmail.com. That 461 has to do with Psalm 46, verse number one, uh, which God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Uh, so if you'd like to send us some of your feedback about the podcast or give us uh, questions that we can address in upcoming podcasts, again, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, that email address is strengthforlife461 at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to today's Strength for Life podcast.